Pedalville Parks is a team of four city-dwelling, environmentally aware friends. In 2021, COVID allowing, our team was set off on a world's first self-supported bikepacking eco-adventure. We will be cycling across both land on regular bikes and sea using water bikes, covering over 1,000 miles, starting from the Orkney Islands and finishing on the Isles of Scilly. This will take us roughly two weeks and we will be cycling twice the height of Everest. We will pass through many of the UK's stunning national parks along the way. During our journey, we will be interviewing a diverse range of people to understand how human interferences impacting these green spaces and national parks and exploring what that means for everyone's future physical and mental health. So on each episode, we'll have someone very different and someone very interesting to interview. So without further ado, let's dig into the next episode. Welcome to Mind the Green Space, the podcast where we talk about how our mental health and how green spaces around the UK have been benefited by our love of adventure. I'm your host, Alicia Thomas, and I am part of the PR and media team of Pedal for Parks, the project you just heard about. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mind the Green Space. This week I'm joined with Felix, who is the co-founder of Small Beer Co, if I'm saying that right. If you want to introduce yourself, Felix. Hi, Alicia. I'm Felix and I'm I'm indeed co-founder of Small Beer. Um, wonderful. I am, I'm actually just, we've just been bottling some small beer today, so... Very excitingly, uh, just joining you straight off the bottling line. <laughs> the work never stops. <laughs> Indeed. There we go. There we go. Absolutely. And as al- yeah, and as always, joined with Isaac. Fun to say hi. Hello, everyone. I promise you I'm not drinking right now. <laughs> <laughs> I might be. I might, be have, <laughs> I might have a few. It is five time. o'clock. You could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've certainly been tasting, but that's part of the job, you know. Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> One of the picks. What <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can you just give us a little bit of a background about Small Beer, why you decided to fund a beer company, brewery company? Absolutely. So we um, we started out about three years ago. Um, small Beer is a, a, a relatively recent phenomenon, but actually the concept of Small Beer is, uh, is, is an old one. And we came across it really because um, my, my business partner and I, we've both been working in the drinks industry um, for our entire careers, um, and and we realised that, you know, sometimes you really want to drink, you want a, a great, cold, refreshing beer, and yet there are so many occasions where you you just um, you you want to be able to get up the following morning uh, to be able to get back to work. You want to go back to work after after a, a sort of lunchtime session. Um, perhaps uh, you've got a meeting with a boss, or you are the boss, or you've got a uh, a family occasion to to sort of take part in and sometimes the alcohol can just get in the way and so yeah. we were never really big fans of non-alcoholic beer and and we sort of thought at the time the non-alcoholic offerings uh, that were around and this was sort of yeah four or five years ago um they weren't that great i think since since then non-alcoholic beers come on a long way but what we really wanted was something a little bit different and what we were looking for was the enjoyment of being able to drink a great beer and actually a little bit of that alcohol, but then 
we didn't want to get absolutely smashed drinking a, a sort of a, a you know four five six percent beer and and uh, and actually given the the sort of um uh, the craft beer industry uh, sort of came in and, and, and actually those percentages have just been going up and up. So we, in fact, we found this amazing phenomenon of, of small beer and small beer actually has a historic context. So uh, so small beer was very popular in the, the 17 and 1800s and in fact, all the way back through to the Middle Ages. Um, people drank small beer uh, as an alternative to water. <laughs> so... It was a. It was certainly the fact, and and people will have heard certainly anecdotally that that people used to drink beer instead of water, and it's not the fact that people were just walking around sloshed all the time. Um, they they were drinking their sort of bigger, stronger beers in the evenings and on weekends, as we do today. But but actually in the daytime they would drink small beer, and small beer was a a, a means of of hydration um, and also of nutrition. So people people would drink small beer. Uh, throughout the working day um actually in fact school children would drink it school children right through to to high society absolutely everyone was drinking small beer um and so we came across this this concept and we said look we've got such a rich history of making and drinking this this fantastic beer but but it's almost been sort of written out of history um and why don't we really revamp it um but but give it the sort of the modern uh brewing practice um give it that edge to 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 make it something uh that that people will want to drink and actually what we what we do now is we produce wonderful uh great tasting classic beer styles below 2.8 percent alcohol yeah that's awesome and there's a, it's a middle ground isn't it between non-alcoholic and then <laughs> the main Absol- yeah, absolutely stuff. but but in terms of what it is i mean the the actual uh, the beer tastes nothing like non-alcoholic beer. It tastes like beer because it is beer. We we brew our beer in exactly the same way as you would brew a four or five percenter, and in fact, we use the same amount of ingredients as when you brew a stronger beer, and therefore you get all the flavour, but just without that sort of that that knockback of uh, uh, of the alcohol when it hits you. So, in fact, at around that sort of that two percent mark. The reason that historically people would drink it at, at that level is that uh, is that beer at that level is is below the diuretic limit. Um, and Isaac, I'm sure you'll know a lot about a, a lot about diuretics because certainly when you're taking part in sport, it's really important yeah. that you're hydrating and um, uh, and the, the the concept of drinking beer, which we all know that when you're drinking alcohol, it's it's constantly um, dehydrating you as you drink. Yeah. Uh, it's so important to have that hydration throughout the working day. And therefore, people would drink small beer because the diuretic limit for alcohol sits at around 3%. So if you're drinking beer at 2%, it means you're hydrating as you drink. Um, and therefore, that hangover effect actually doesn't hit you um, in the same way that it does when you're when you're drinking a stronger beer. So, so effectively, you can sort of balance, you know, you can get away with this... Um, uh, with sort of balancing the alcohol and never quite getting to the point where you're getting drunk, um, yeah. but but still have that really nice sort of slightly tipsy sort of two pint feeling where you're where you're just enjoying yourself and socialising. So um, it 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 really sort of takes away the uh, the that sort of slightly antisocial aspect of having to gauge how much alcohol you've been drinking and and whether you should have that extra beer or whether 
you know, you always get to the point at the end of the night where you sort of think, ah, if only I hadn't had that last one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is this is the sort of antidote to that to that effect. Yeah. I can, I can definitely vouch. I've I've had one of your beers during a cycle, and it was it was really refreshing. Like actually during the cycle part, mm. I, like, I stopped and I tried one of them, like experiment sort of thing. And yeah, I I did get the nice feeling, the buzz, but it was not overwhelming. And I also I was at a point where I felt like, yeah, I'm I'm can carry on my day as normal, and uh, I'm not going to be you know unproductive or in, in any sense. So it was yeah, it was really it's, it was really good. Uh, I, I can imagine us still probably drinking a few of those during this trip. Totally. <laughs> it's the perfect beer time on a trip Absolutely. like this. <laughs> yeah, go, yeah, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to it. Well, and now, I really now I the direct. Why, uh, now I know where we where, where we struck up the conversation, and you're not having this conversation with a non-alcoholic beer brand. The diuretic limit is uh, is really yeah, that's really interesting as well. Like how um, it's used for hydration, and when you said about in the past, I also I studied I studied at A level in history, and I remember there was. Um, like a bit of a disease or something that they were look they were using beer to try and hydrate and get the nutrients to fight off a disease that they just couldn't get from anything else. Indeed, was, yeah, it, yeah. Small, I think, I think, small beer is actually it, it was it was prescribed as a yeah prescribed yeah um, that was it. <laughs> as uh, as a sort of antidote. Um, people would drink it quite often warm as it happens um, to to get rid of all sorts of fevers and and, and maladies. Um, but uh, I mean, clearly, I think modern men- modern medicine uh, <laughs> is is probably the you know is is a is a better better all round uh, fix to you know to to those sorts of things. But but still, I mean, I I'm actually I'm a big fan of drinking small beer at uh, at any time. Really, I think it is you know it is a good sort of it it's enough just to take the edge off without without sort of tipping you over the the uh tip, tipping you the wrong way yeah, yeah. Mid- midweek beer oh, you finished work and you just want something to drink <laughs> you finish the cycle um yeah. i'm actually quite interested in how you mentioned that it's made the same way as beer is and i noticed that your products are vegan can you tell us like i don't actually know how beer is made if you can give like a brief overview of like how it is made and how you've made it vegan absolutely yeah yeah so so beer is really made out of four key ingredients. You've got water, uh, you've got malted barley and, and other malted grains, then you've got hops and you've got yeast. Uh, and, and the main sort of concept of, of making beer is that you're heating up water and grain together um, and then you, you make this, uh, it's called wort, which is your, your unfermented beer, which you then flavour using hops. So you boil the hops in the wort uh, in order to get the bitterness and and, and the aroma uh, of, of the beer. And then you ferment it with yeast. And in fact, none of those ingredients, uh, none of those four ingredients are non-vegan. I mean, in, in theory, beer shouldn't be uh, ever classed as non-vegan. Yeah. However, the way that beer is often made these days um, and uh, is, is, is to use uh, not necessarily as an ingredient, but as a sort of um, as an aid to making it, uh, we, the sort of larger breweries will quite often use finings agents, and so those finings are there in order to clarify the beer quickly. So, in in effect, you're looking at speeding up the process by uh, after you've started fermenting, you really want to get the yeast out of the beer so that you can then 
bottle it or put it into kegs or, or casks. And, and so the quickest way to get the beer from your fermenter into your final package um, is to clarify it uh, using finings. Um, at the brewery, we're, we're and, and so the reason that those findings aren't vegan is quite often they're made from, uh, from fish. So, which is which seems a little bit strange to to most people to think that that they've they've uh, they've had fish products in their beer, um, uh, and and in some cases even they're made from gelatin or egg, which also are, are non-vegan. Yeah. Um, but those the reason that they're made from those things is that those are naturally very good. They they contain proteins which bind uh, the yeast together and 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 any uh, sort of solids that are in the beer. And allow them to precipitate out of the beer. So, uh, so they function very well. But but actually, there's a there's a very very good alternative to using finings, and that is just good old fashioned time. Just waiting until the yeast and the and the protein drop out of the beer naturally. And that is why we lager all of our beers at the brewery uh, for a minimum of six weeks. Um, so our lagers under, undergo a lagering process for six weeks. Um, and and what that means is that all of the solids, so the, the yeast that's floating around in, in the beer, uh, has a chance to, to naturally drop out of the beer. Um, and so, and what that also means is you're developing the flavor. So over that period yeah. of, uh, of, of weeks, you're getting, uh, you're getting that, that wonderful flavor coming through. And that is so important to us, obviously making a, uh, a, a beer around sort of two percent, uh, you know, losing any flavour is 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 uh, would be absolutely terrible, and and therefore, um, and it would certainly detriment the, the flavour of the finished product. So we're absolutely so keen on you know on maintaining as much of that flavour as possible, and that's why we go through this this sort of longer um, conditioning phase, this lagering phase, um, and that means that we get beautifully bright beer beautifully uh, clear beer at the end of yeah. the process yeah a little lot just from that one answer there like I didn't understand <laughs> anything but now I feel like I'm a I beer connoisseur know, know that. <laughs> that was amazing like yeah. the amount of fish I, I've been drinking <laughs> you, just, I, you just assume that beer would be vegan or yeah. you know wouldn't because you wouldn't think of stuff like that. You just need a bit of patience, then it could be vegan. But... Absolutely. I mean, historically, beer certainly would have been vegan up, up, up until a point. But then people at the time would have been drinking quite cloudy beer. Um, and these days, it's just a given that, that you will use these, these findings agents. Um, the, the, the idea is that those agents don't actually end up in the finished product. But effectively, it's a little bit strange, the thought that your beer has touched even you know sort of touched a fish product it seems a little bit yeah. weird so so we're really you know we we've never been keen on the idea and we were we were very keen to uh to make a beer that that everybody can drink you know at the end of the day we we didn't want to be exclusive we didn't want to make beer for a certain uh part of the population we all i believe you know anyone who who does drink beer and 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 in fact even a lot of those people who don't drink beer come across our beer and they say you know what that is such a great idea beer as we all know is the most refreshing drink in the world and so at the end of a long day you know the uh the 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 best, um you know the the best thing you can do is really just crack open a beer and enjoy yourself and so uh, so it's great yeah. to be able to do that without the that sort of uh, that concern of of what might happen after after a few drinks yeah 
I'm curious. Isaac did veganuary, and I'm really curious now to see if he ever drank, if he drank beer when he was doing his veganuary and not realised that they were vegan, or maybe he doesn't want to. I haven't, <laughs> no, I haven't been drinking. Uh, I, didn't, I haven't really been drinking until Small Beer Brew came. Um, if through the post the samples, that was the first beer I had since, I guess Christmas. Uh, yeah. you, you, yours was my first of 2021, and uh, only actually. Only, I actually can say that. You, yeah, you are the only brand. Uh, uh, yeah. There Excellent. Perfect <laughs> ambassador for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And, and how did that make you feel? Were you absolutely plastered after that? No, it was fine. Like, <laughs> I've had, yeah, I've had, you know, I've had those Belgian beers before, the ones, uh, the, you know, yeah. those, those ones, uh, eight, nine, 10%. Yeah. Uh, they, they write off the rest of my day. Um, I've also had, you know, had lots of different other brands, but I think that one was, it's just light. It's nice. So you get the tipsy feeling for a bit. It's not that much tipsiness. And then you carry on your day. And it's just like, a, it's just a nice, nice drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Refreshing. Yeah. For a sales guy. <laughs> um, I'm really curious about the name Small Beer, because you mentioned it just now. It's like, is it like an inheritant um, name that came from the fact that you are uh, low alcohol beer is that why it's called small beer or absolutely yeah yeah it, it all comes from that sort of that historical aspect um and what what's amazing is uh you know when when you look back to see what people have written about small beer there are um i mean it small beer turns up in shakespeare and it turns up in chaucer um all, all of the the greats uh you know it comes up in in the literature but actually, if you look for recipes, um, there, there are a few recipes. In fact, George Washington even had his own recipe for making small beer. Uh, <laughs> it contained all sorts of, of, of strange things, such as sort of molasses and treacle. Um, he had a very sweet tooth, apparently. But the but uh, there doesn't really seem to be, you know, considering it was one of the most commonly consumed liquids at the time, there don't seem to be many recipes. And, and a lot of this is because small beer was made at home um, and the recipes would have been passed down from generation to generation. Um, and, and in some way, if you think, uh, you know, if you were to look for a recipe to make a cup of tea or to make porridge or something as simple as that, there, there aren't really any because yeah. people just assume that that's sort of part of their, of their day. No, no one's written a recipe for sort of, for popping you know some tea leaves into some water that's it's just not a um it's not something that that people are necessarily thinking about and yet so so there aren't really um that many uh sort of references to go back to but the ones that we could find make it very clear that that the beer at the time that people were drinking was around the sort of one to two percent mark and that's very much where um where we sort of laid our foundations and said, look, we're, we're going to set a limit. We will never, ever brew a beer stronger than 2.8%. That's cool. I'm really interested now, when you were um, starting to found small beer and you were testing these different beers, were there some recipes where you just tasted some absolutely disgusting beer recipes or did it come quite naturally? <laughs> <laughs> I was, it was a hit from the start, right? Yeah. <laughs> um as it happens i mean i i've been brewing now for for 15 years um and my my business partner also is 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 a fantastic you know he's, he's been in the drinks industry uh, for his entire career as well and uh and there's a big sort of wine aficionado uh, we actually met working at sipsmith gin distillery but we 
um we sort of we had enough to go by to 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 know roughly where where we were aiming at but yeah i mean absolutely we you know we brewed for for a good year and a half before we uh before we thought that we had something that was really commercially um viable and something that that everybody would want to drink i think it's um what we've certainly found with with small beer is that you can get 99% of the way there very very quickly in terms of finding the the right recipe and the process yeah. and the method but we've now you know we've you know we've been brewing commercially for the past 3 years and every single time we brew there are little tweaks and little learnings every time we we actually have a we have a, a wonderful lab facility that we've built at the brewery now where we um we do lots of uh, of independent research and we we find i mean it it is it's incredible the the interactions there are so many variables uh, you can tell i'm 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 a, i'm a little bit nerdy when it comes to the to the <laughs> science passionate. of brewing but there are, <laughs> there are so many things that 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 you can do to make it better every single time so so we're always pushing the you know pushing pushing that agenda and trying to get the very very best beer yeah. that we can such a good journey to be on absolutely yeah and it's it's rewarding you know when the when the beer comes out tasting as it as it does today i mean uh it it puts a smile on my face standing on that on the bottling line and 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 tasting the beer as it's coming off it's wonderful really really good (laughs) that's cool that's awesome (laughs) um i'm interested as well you're a b corp certified company am i right absolutely we are Yeah. yeah Yeah, that's so, not an easy thing to get, is it? The certification. <laughs> <laughs> so you've made a lot of changes. So why is this so important to you? B Corp was, yeah, no, it's certainly been a, a, a massive journey. Um, so we we were B Corp certified last year. Uh, in fact, it took the best part of a year to gain that certification. Um, and B Corp, uh, for any of your listeners who, who haven't come across B Corp before, B Corp is really a, a stamp um, that that shows anyone looking to to buy sort of B Corp um, uh, products or services. Um, uh, B Corp is a stamp that shows that the business that you are looking at is a um, is good for the environment, good for the community, and good good to their staff. So it's a real um, it's a sort of all around three hundred and sixty approach looking. Uh, at those businesses that are really exemplary in their in their field of of doing good um, uh, and so we had in fact from day one when we set up the business we were we were really really um, it was an integral part of our business plan that, that we would do everything as sustainably and ethically as possible um, and we went from uh, you know absolutely all of our materials in the brewery had to be 100% recycled and, and 100% recyclable everything from our business cards to uh to to the bottle labels to the boxes um but then uh but then also um we we have this fantastic uh ability to to save water in the brewery so so i designed all the brewing kit um for two pur- with two purposes in mind really one of them was to make the very best small beer um, and then the, the other uh, was to save water. Um, my business partner and I couldn't believe the amount of waste um, associated with, with the, the drinks industry in, 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 in general, but, but specifically looking at uh, wastewater and, and even hot water that just, you know, thousands and thousands of litres of water that get poured down the drain every day. And we, we just couldn't believe 
the amount of water that goes into making our products. In fact, to make a single pint of beer, um, traditionally, you'd be looking at using eight to 10 pints of water just in the brewery alone. So that's not even taking wow. into account the amount of water that's used to grow the hops and the, and, and the barley. Um, so there's there's a lot of water that goes into making beer. We actually um, pretty groundbreakingly managed to uh, to get that down to just one and a half pints of water uh, used to make a single pint of beer. Um, and we're, you know, we're working on that all the time. That's actually reduced now to below one and a half pints of water to make a pint of beer. So, and we're constantly pushing that, pushing that yeah. agenda. Um, and in fact, most of the water that, that we do lose in the process isn't really lost at all. It goes into the grain. So the, the spent grain that comes out at the end of the process, um, actually contains quite a lot of water it, it mops up quite a lot of water and that grain uh goes to uh goes to a, a local farmer uh the farmer then feeds that to their cattle and so the water effectively is just ending up um uh being consumed by by a wonderful little flock of, of dexter uh cattle so so we're um yeah we we've really so actually going through the b corp process uh it was i'm not going to say it was easy it was it was a massive project for us um but it was one that that we were quite we were sort of okay with the with uh with what needed to happen and so it was only a case of showing uh b corp uh the sort of certifying body that that we had done all the right things and and that we had the policies and procedures in place um to do uh to do good uh and we absolutely continue to do good in fact we've We've just signed up for one um, percent for the planet, so we we're committing to to giving one percent of our revenue, so one percent of all of our turnover um, to uh, to charitable causes, um, and we continue to do good in many many other ways. Yeah, it's quite mind blowing how much water is needed to brew beer, something that you you drink because instead of water and it dehydrates you, it blows my mind how much is used. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 in everything that we that we do, everything that we use. You know, if, if you actually sort of consider everything that goes into all the things that we consume, it it's quite mind blowing. And so, if you can chip away at those at those requirements, um, then it it makes all the difference. Uh, to think that, you know, actually, since we started out, uh, we've saved over seven and a half million pints of water. Uh, so that's wow. just over the three-year period. That's a huge amount of water. So we're, uh, yeah, we're really, really, really happy about that. What's incredible about that is like you saving money as well, probably too. Like I guess it's it's not, it's actually cheaper. But pursuing, although it's a little bit, I guess, more tricky. Uh, the practices and the processes aren't so well known. You've got to carve it out yourself. Yeah. But once you do it, you're actually, you know, you. You, you're reusing things it's it's cheaper so absolutely run, we're, like, we are we're yeah. constantly being told by our suppliers you know when we uh we we absolutely insist on having uh recycled materials and, and so often our suppliers will say no you know there's just no point in in trying to get this as a recycled product or, re or a recyclable product uh because um it's just going to cost you so much and we say look cost isn't an issue here let's get it right and then if we do it properly, maybe some others will follow. And we've actually ended up convincing suppliers who've then been able to, to sell those as, as greener alternatives to their other customers. And then the more people that buy into these things, the cheaper they get. 
So absolutely, you're right. You know, green doesn't always have to mean expensive. Um, as it happens with the water, we a lot of the water that gets used in the brewing industry actually is used for cooling. Um, at the end of the boil, once you've boiled up your your hops and your wort, you have to cool all of that all of that wort back down again uh, very quickly um, before you can pitch your yeast. And um, and when you do that, you need a huge amount of cooling capacity. And and so typically, cold water is just used to cool that uh, that that wort. And a lot of that water will end up just going down the drain as hot water, which is mad, absolutely mad. Um, so we now use we actually use electrical energy to cool. Uh, uh, or to convert that that heat into hot air, and then we use the hot air to heat the brewery, um, which is a really nice way of a uh, saving on our cooling capacity in the brewery, but also heating the brewery during during the cooler months, and it makes us all a lot happier to be working in a slightly warmer <laughs> environment. Um, but the uh, but the crucial thing about that is then you're saying, well, okay, you're using less water, but you're using more electricity. Well, as it happens, all of our electricity that we use every single last kilowatt is, uh, is, uh, is all 100% renewable, all from wind, water, and solar. So we are, um, we're, you know, we're happy in the knowledge uh, that we have, that we've done the right thing there. So um, it's all, it's all a case of, you know, looking at the, the bigger picture and looking at every single part uh, every single uh, bit of of what goes into making your product you know you, sometimes it feels like you're doing the right thing and then you find out that actually by by doing something that feels green in one place you might actually be disrupting something somewhere else it's all about yeah. looking at every every little um every little last piece of, of the puzzle wow that's awesome like all the different cogs uh, to think about it in the bigger picture sense the way you apply it to business is, I, I guess, a, a way we could apply it to society. Um, Absolutely. The way we live. There's a lot of cogs. Uh, what, yeah. Doing some things green might knock others off uh, course, but it's, it's about having that bigger picture and trying to fit the pieces as green, green as possible. 100%. And that, you know, that, that really comes into the whole ethos of our, uh, of our beer as a whole. You know, our, our strap line is um, think big, drink small. And we have a, you know, we, we exist not just to provide you with, with great tasting beer at a, at a lower ABV, but also to, to make people think, you know, and, and, and sometimes, uh, you know, we're, we're so passionate about what we do, but we think that if, if we can get that passion into, in, into everybody else's hands and, and show them how much love and attention you can put into doing one thing really well. Uh, then that hopefully will inspire other people to do that as well. So we're um, we're big believers in the fact that it's not just good to be good and green and 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 to look after our staff and look after our community and and to be charitable ourselves. We're only a small business, you know. But yeah. if we can if we can spread the message and make consumers aware that actually when they're drinking their beer, they should be making better choices, then it might lead them to then think you know next time they go to buy a, a car or a house or uh, or consider other sort of larger aspects of their life they might be actually asking the right questions at that at that point as well so so it's all about big thinking think yeah. big drink small <laughs> amazing 
I have to say as well, I went on your website and your beer isn't that much more expensive than other beers either, considering all the work you've put into it, especially when you consider like other indie beer brands. Like they're quite, they're a bit more expensive than, I don't know, your Carling or something, but they're not, you know, I wouldn't consider them expensive. I'd consider them affordable. So even just making that small change is helping when you're buying your beers. <laughs> Absolutely. Bear with a message. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. No, no. We're certainly not a. We're not in it to make to make money. It's it's um. You know, as as long as as long as it keeps the wheel spinning. You know, as long as it keeps everything in motion, we're happy. One hundred percent. Yeah. Do, do you do you run tours? Um, yeah, we we do indeed. In fact, um. Well, like before... eco eco tours, I guess they. You know, <laughs> pretty pretty good eco tours, I guess. Yeah, no, no, one hundred percent. In fact, we've done to... some some great sort of virtual uh, tours, um, sort of group group tours and tastings throughout uh, throughout lockdown um, uh, via Zoom. So so anyone that wants to get in contact with us, we do great uh, sort of team days out and things like that. If you're looking for a um, or, or for an evening, we can sort of send out beers to your home, and, and then you can join for a for a virtual uh, tour and tasting of the brewery. Um, uh, and in fact, before coronavirus hit, we were very much um, uh, we were doing all sorts of you know we'd we'd host live music in the brewery two or three nights a week. Uh, we had comedy nights. We were doing weddings, um, and certainly as soon as uh, we're allowed to, and as soon as uh, soon as soon as we're back in the game, as it were, we will very much be looking forward to opening the doors, hosting those music gigs again, getting people back in, and uh, and and really engaging with the community again. So um, so absolutely one hundred percent. There are you know ev- everyone is always welcome. That's the that's the key. <laughs> You're based in London, right? Yeah. So yeah. we're. Um, we're in South Bermondsey, so we're we're just uh, just between London Bridge and the Old Kent Road. Um, so yeah, just walk one stop from London Bridge. Any of our London listeners out there when COVID's uh, finished, keep an eye out, see what you can get up to. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and in the meantime, I mean, you know, we uh, uh, on our website, we're we're continuing to deliver the very very best small beer out to people. So. So take a look there and, and you can uh, obviously subscribe to all of our socials and join our newsletter and, and all that sort of good stuff as well. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, Sam, you just mentioned you're in London. How do you find, because obviously our message is about protecting green spaces, you're mm. in the middle of a city. So how do you find that London is for getting out and exercising within green spaces? I think London is a fantastic place for getting out and exercising. As as mad as it sounds, I, I actually feel more connected to green spaces being in London uh, than I have done elsewhere. I I grew up, um, I'm a Shropshire lad, grew up very much in the in the countryside. Um, and uh, and I, I certainly feel very connected to green spaces in London. We we have a beautiful local park near near to where we live um and we uh yeah we're, we're there i mean virtually every day that we can you know uh certainly on the weekends you know i'm out in the park as as much as i as i possibly can be i, I love it um so i i think that you know what you're doing spreading the word about about green spaces and getting out uh outdoors uh, is is such a good message I, I think we should all be doing a lot more of it uh, the amount of times that people now spend in front of screens 
uh, is is ridiculous and 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 it doesn't really nurture that that true um uh that true sort of potential of our uh of our beings to be out there and 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 socialize in in person with people so that that is i think it's crucial absolutely crucial london is one of those cities one of the greenest cities in the world uh, but people say like as a, as a massive city it's got so much potential well i guess, I guess it's got potential for improvement still uh, <laughs> but it's it's uh it's, it's incredibly green and um, there's an organisation called National Park City Foundation, and they, they've they've started in London to try and protect the green spaces within London. So they they've turned it into a national park city of such. They're calling it a national park city, like you know you've got your national parks in the UK. They want to do the same in Edinburgh and uh, New York, and it's a similar similar thing. And uh, I, I find that like it's really interesting that you've got this our message that's like protecting. You know, national parks and green spaces, and and but there's also those smaller, closer to home ones that also need to be looked at too. We'll be passing yeah. through a few of those too. I mean, I I don't think you need to be in. You know, it's it's wonderful to go and see national parks, but actually, in some way, um, there is so much biodiversity in cities, and yeah. there's so much going on uh, right right under our fingertips. And being able to just lie down on a very small strip of grass is just a wonderful thing to do wherever you are. So, so I, I absolutely think, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great message. I think everybody should be getting out there and, and, uh, and, and doing just that. Yeah. Um, you run a business. Uh, have you got any spare time then within your day to like get out and exercise? And if you do, do you do, a, do you have any hobbies like that or? Yeah, I, um, so, I mean, I've certainly been through stages in my life where I've I I, I I'm a well I'm a I, I I'm a keen runner when I can get out there. I actually haven't been running for a little while now, but but certainly one of my main uh, my my biggest enjoyments in life. And this might come as a as a slightly uh, strange one. I'm not sure how many people will have said this on your podcast before, but my favourite pastime of all uh, is axing. I'm a I'm a huge fan of of axing wood uh so oh yeah so i've done um, that a few times oh, there great. is a skill and art to it i'm not very great at it but i get so much bounce back i also <laughs> had to go to hospital once because i had a splinter in my eye because i didn't wear glasses i was such an amateur oh goodness goodness <laughs> yeah ppe first you know you've got to stay safe but yeah um, <laughs> um yeah i mean it's i i I don't, you know, I don't certainly don't get to axe every weekend, but but when I do, it 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 brightens up my entire week. I love it. I think it's the best, the best sport. <laughs> Can I just say, is axing as in you know, with axe throwing, or is it axe just chopping? Oh no, just chopping wood. Okay, chopping, chopping wood. Okay. I think it's yeah. it's wonderful. It's a great. It's it's a combination of uh, of really quite intensive. You know, for for standing on the spot, um, it's quite an intensive aerobic exercise. You know, I really. You end up, you know, really sort of having to to, to strip off and uh, <laughs> and and you, you know, um, it's like the kettlebell it, movement, though, isn't it? Like yeah, one hundred percent. Just loads of but those, then, but with a weight. It's all, it's all about accuracy. You know, it's it's almost like uh, it's like a sort of aerobic exercise mixed with darts. I'd say is probably <laughs> the, the, the closest. I, I love that. I've never yeah. heard of it that way. That's yeah. brilliant. It's you know hit, hitting something absolutely bang on where you intended to. 
it's a it's a it's a wonderful wonderful thing you know when the when the wood splits perfectly it's you know it's a it's a it's a great little uh <laughs> you get the small beer yeah. out of a, of a drink taste a great that rush well that's it percent. <laughs> <100%. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> it's a disaster. After a, a sweaty round of axing, small beer is always, always very much needed. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. UPR campaign. <laughs> <laughs> that is very niche. We have not someone that enjoys that as a hobby. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I'm, I'm also a keen cyclist as well. In fact, um, I'm just setting up a a little initiative uh, to do a bit of good. Uh, and I, I was, um, I've been fixing my neighbor's bikes quite a bit. And I thought, why not just have a little forum uh, where I can invite people into my front garden on the weekends, just for an hour or so every weekend. And I'll, and I'll just fix people's bikes for free, you know, because <laughs> what, what a great way of a sort of feeling good about, uh, about, about having done something nice, meeting the local community um and and knowing that actually that i've got more people on their bikes who might otherwise maybe have have had their bikes sort of stuck in the backyard you know i i think everyone should be doing a bit of it encouraging that 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 travel by bike so good yeah yeah 100%. Do you know what i think a lot of people would like that because we talked to a guy tim milliken he cycled around the world i'm reading his book at the minute and um, that's what he was looking for, is somewhere um, around Reading area where he could fix up his bike for free. So <laughs> there you go. Well, um, well, Tim, you know, if, if, if you're willing to, <laughs> to cycle all the way into uh, into South London, uh, then then I'll, I'll fix up your bike Saturday morning and, and there'll be a few small beers to go around to. <laughs> that is so good and enticing for a cyclist. Yeah. <laughs> end up, I, I don't know if you've heard of the app Kamut. Um, it's, 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 it's like a cycling adventure app where you can put highlights right and uh, they usually put like bike uh, cafes but yeah you can put yourself <laughs> as a highlight and, and then people will start coming to you <laughs> Saturday morning people knock on your door yeah <laughs> I certainly should have meant shouldn't have mentioned this on a national podcast I have a couple of neighbors I'll uh, I'll open the door on Saturday morning there'll be 300 people all waiting to have their bikes fixed yeah there we go. On <laughs> maybe cyclists to listen to this as well <laughs> absolutely there we go well <laughs> certainly if you know for all the cyclists who are out there if, if you're a damp hand on the tools then you should you should consider doing the same thing i think we should all be trying to get as many people um you know getting their 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 their, their bikes out of their sheds or you know out of storage dusting them off and 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 uh, getting some oil on those on those chains you know let, let's all get out there and cycle as much as possible and uh, and have a few small beers while we're at it <laughs> well love i think that. that's love the perfect place to leave this podcast for a lovely thing to end on <laughs> um just one closing thing then where can people find out more about small beer and have you got any future things coming up that you can tell us about yeah 100 percent. so we are uh you can find us at original small beer on all the socials um in fact, we've just launched a really nice YouTube channel as well. So, so search for Small Beer on YouTube and you'll see some, uh, some great little additions there. Um, uh, go to our website, theoriginalsmallbeer.com, uh, where you can find all of our beers. Uh, we've got a fantastic subscription service, so you can subscribe to, uh, to however much beer, 
however frequent uh, you want it delivered to you and it'll come straight to your door. You don't even have to think about it. Uh, it's a wonderful way to buy our beer. Um, and then, you know, if you're interested in, in coming in, engaging with us, there are, there are certainly going to be some, some wonderful events. Uh, in the meantime, join one of our little corporate tastings or, um, uh, or, or, or sort of zoom tastings. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, just get involved. I mean, there are, there are so many ways to get small beer into your life, uh, <laughs> whether, whether you're axing or cycling or, 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 or what have it. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I'll leave it all in the description bar below. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was great learning about Super. beer. <laughs> thanks so much, Alicia. Thanks, thanks, Isaac, for having us. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. To listen to other Pedal for Park podcasts, sponsor us, or find out more, please visit our website, pedalforparks.co.uk. The four is a number four. Make sure you give us a like and a follow of this podcast wherever you've listened to it. It makes a huge difference in getting our message out there. We're also very active on social media channels too. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is pedalforparks, and that is a number four as well in, in the middle there. This is where we post more content like this. So once again, thank you and stay tuned.